In episode number three of Character Talks, we dive into a word that is so important right now, and that word is perspective. And that character word comes to us from Lauren Loria from Detroit, Michigan. Lauren has an amazing story on how perspective really changed her life. A little background on Lauren, when she is not writing, taking photography, or doing some marketing for outdoor industry companies, Lauren is rock climbing, skiing, hiking, and she's introducing as many people as she can to all of those activities, plus more. She's got an amazing story that I think so many people will be able to relate to and apply it to their own lives. So, without any hesitation, let's see if we can go find Lauren and get this thing started. Adventure is defined as any activity with an uncertain outcome. Character is defined as something that sets an individual apart from others. We strongly believe that our character is defined by the adventures we take on our journey of life. Through the stories of others, we hope to inspire you to embark on a new adventure. Through the Character Mill community, we hope to make that adventure possible. Character Talks features amazing people with powerful stories of incredible adventures that have shaped their very character. This is Character Talks. Wade through the stream or maybe run through the river Even though you may get just a little bit wet A bum bum shido A bum bum shido Wow, 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 This is, this is life Again, thank you. Um, before we get into kind of the, the character word that you described, can you give folks that are listening kind of a little bit idea of who Lauren is and maybe where you're from, what you do for fun, and give a little background because I think uh, who you are, a lot of people will be able to relate to that. For sure. Um, I grew up in the Midwest, so I'm from Detroit, Michigan, and still um, am in the suburbs just outside of Detroit. I love the Motor City. It's been really kind of up and coming since it's um, kind of downturned a little while back and it's been really coming back in a lot more outdoor spaces. So that's been really neat to see. I also um, teach skiing in the winter. I love rock climbing, ice climbing, and um, I'm also the high school youth minister at my church. So I get to be a mentor to teenagers, which is really fun to do. That's fantastic. And again, we talked about it before but um can you go a little bit because i think you're doing a blog something with the ice climbing kind of explain that because i know some people if they're down in tennessee or kentucky they go ice climbing what uh you know can i can relate to it being here on the coast of maine of course you in michigan but can you go a little bit into more about ice climbing what's entailed with that and you know what what intrigues you most about that for sure um so i affectionately call michigan the land of the flat um, <laughs> we have barely any rocks to climb, which is fine. I still love my, my mitten state. The lakes are great. 
But the uh, ice climbing is actually quite amazing. If you go up to the upper peninsula of Michigan, uh, the Pictured Rocks Lakeshore has a bunch of cliffs that the rocks themselves, many of them, um, the sandstone is too soft to climb on. But in the winter, all those waterfalls freeze over and are great for ice climbing. Um, and there's just something about climbing up a frozen waterfall that sounds absolutely insane and also is really fun all at the same time. Um, you know, there's a lot more risk assessment involved in ice climbing than rock climbing. Well, your all your limbs are spiky, right? So you have to make sure you're not going to whack into your rope or or catch it on the way down or anything like that. But it's really it was a really it was the first time I went climbing outside in general, and it was just really nice to be able to get out in the winter. Um, in addition to ski instructing, I really try to be outside because those who aren't from the Midwest, it's very overcast in the winter. There are like you know two Sundays or something like that during the winter, and that could get sad. So you got to get outside. Yeah, and having gone to school in in Michigan, it's a uh, man. It's a special breed that likes that likes to be outside in the in the Midwest, especially up in the UP or in Michigan. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's all. I love that. I I'm definitely I look locally at our local climbing company, who happens to be a character partner uh, of the Character Mill, and already reached out to them about what they do in the winter and where they climb and and that type of stuff. So I'm excited to give it a try this winter. Nice. Uh, so again, part of the character talks is that each person that comes on has a, a word or words that kind of describe who they are and their character. And without giving away your word, although if people read it in the notes prior to, they'll know what the word is. But um, can you talk a little bit about what Lauren was like prior to that word? And then we'll kind of get into what maybe prompted that and what kind of triggered the change and then how, you know, how is that affecting Lauren today? Um, but give us kind of a background of what Lauren was like prior to. Sure. Um, I've always been involved in kind of sports athletics. Um, as a kid, I, I figure skated, I swam, I had a pool in my backyard as a child. So I loved swimming outside. Um, I was a dancer, nothing that would be considered quote, outdoorsy, um, but still very athletic. Um, nothing that involved a lot of upper body strength, just uh, mostly lower body sports. And once I got to college, I kind of got overwhelmed with academics and stopped really working out and doing, you know, recreational activities in that way, um, except for a few things here and there. And so it became the societal norm, I guess, is you work out after I graduated and had more time, it was like, okay, you work out to look better or to lose weight, which is a bonus of working out. Um, but that's not the greatest motivator in the long run. Um, after college, I needed a job. I have a degree in photography and I needed a side job outside of my freelancing. And I was like, huh, I've always wanted to learn more about rock climbing. So I got a job at this super tiny wall at a lifetime fitness. Um, they have small rack walls, very recreational within their gyms. And I fell in love with climbing, like the, how it's a puzzle with your body and just you, there's always a goal to achieve, right? You know, you get to the top. Um, and I started understanding exercise as training my body to do the things I want to do that bring me joy versus to look good and lose weight for other people. Like it started being exercise started being something I do for me versus something I do to look good to other humans. 
and really internalizing that joy and being like, this is appreciating my body rather than being like, oh, I don't think my body looks good. I'm going to change it. It's more like, let's strengthen my body so it can bring me joy in the way it moves. Mm, I love that. I love that. Can I back up um, to that moment that that transition from high school to college? Because I think that is so relevant because, you know, we're all aware of the term, you know, the freshman 15 <laughs> thing. And, and I know I I when I went to school many years ago, many years ago, you know, I was probably guilty of that as well. So what do you think was the thought process that went from high school of doing those athletic events and and that type of thing to all of a sudden now going to the gym because of for aesthetic reasons and for to, you know, kind of make be better in society's eye type of thing. What was, what would you think? Was it having a little bit more freedom that now you were at college or what do you, or was it peer pressure type thing? What, what caused you, I think, to go from that high school to college and then ultimately then make the decision to kind of, like you said, to start to work out, to strengthen who you are, what was that? What was that transition from college, high school to college? Yeah. So in college, um, and this might be extraneous details, but um, I, I first started off in nursing school. And anyone who's ever done nursing school knows it's absolutely insane. Um, there's just a lot going on. I ended up not doing nursing for a various amount of reasons. Um, but I just got in this routine of I didn't have the right balance. I wouldn't set a solid time of okay, this is athletic time, this is study time, this is, um, you know, social time. Because I was living on campus, that it just all blended together, and I wasn't intentional about separating them. And so because of that, I just kind of skipped working out altogether. Like, my joke was that I lived on the fourth floor of my dorm, and that was my workout for the day, like up the four flights of stairs when I need to go back home. Um, and I think that I really saw the athletics as something I, I call myself a recovering perfectionist as a joke, but like for real, I am a recovering perfectionist. Um, and I think the athletics in high school were almost I mean, I enjoyed them for sure, but they're almost more like a college resume builder versus like something I'm doing for my joy. Like, of course, like figure skating was joyful for me, but as my perfectionist self was like, oh, I want these accolades on my list to apply to college with. And of course, once you're in college, that no one asks you if you, what extracurriculars you did to apply for a job. Like, I mean, sometimes, but it's not really a thing. So my brain was very career goal focused, which is good in college, of course, because you're paying for all these classes, but there was no balance there. And once I graduated, it was like, oh, now what do I do? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, and that's so funny that you say that because I was just involved in a discussion on uh, on LinkedIn about resumes. And essentially, I think you're exactly right. I mean, the whole part of the high school career is to build your resume and make it look good for colleges. And then post-college, your goal is to build your resume to make it look good for your first, your next job or your first job. And the discussion that I was having was, I honestly believe that resumes will be a thing of the past here within the next, within the next five years, that there's going to be a new virtual resume 
coming out, just my personal belief, because I've hired the jobs I've had over in the last 10 years, I probably hired 250 young people. And mm -hmm. I don't, I care more about the design of the resume than I do what's actually in the resume. Like if someone's going to take time to be, send me a creative resume. I remember someone sent me a resume and on the top of it, rather than a name, he wrote, you want to hire me. And then, and then put in the stuff down below, which I don't even know if I went to. I think I called him and asked him for an interview simply because your resume stood out from what everyone else's was. And I think somehow I may be completely wrong, but I think <laughs> the way of the resume, so to speak, I think is, is gone. But that's uh, it's, it's such a true point because I work with young people now through the Character Institute and balance, which you mentioned, is so important. And it's probably the first thing you lose when you head off to college. That's, that's fantastic. I hadn't, and that's so important for young people to, to maintain that balance. Yes, for sure. And especially living, you know, I had no regrets living on campus. Like I met so many friends and had such a great experience, but you know, when everything, at least for high school, you know, you go to school and you go home, but when you live on campus, it's like, you're always there. And so you have to be way more intentional about that separation. And I guess if you haven't gained those skills in high school for whatever reason, good or bad, um, it just sometimes doesn't happen. Yeah. So let, let's dive into a little bit then of, you know, what prompted the change or what empowered you or switched the trigger in you to make that change where you needed to create that balance. You know, what, what produced that? And then maybe what did you do to execute that change? How did that, how did you make that part of your shift into kind of who you are now? So if you can, you know, if you can dive into that a little bit and provide a little more detail. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think part of it is all the sports I have done are what I would call performance-based dance, figure skating. They're all very aesthetic and performance-based, which was great. I mean, I love performing. I would still love acting, all that kind of stuff, but you're performing for another human, right? That's the whole point is you, you go to competition and you perform for the judges. You have recital and you perform for the audience, which is very fun, but it's for other people. And yes, you get joy doing it too, but in the long run, you are presenting yourself to other humans. Where when I started climbing, no one cares how you look when you climb up the wall. Like, like it just doesn't matter. Like, and it's, you're not, I mean, of course there is competition climbing. That's a thing in life, but personally, I've never done a competition. I mean, I may for fun one day, but it's a personal goal. And I have, there's no one else I can rely on other than I push myself to do this thing. And it's me and my body and my movement that gets me up the wall. And there's also that element that I never really experienced with, um, Team camaraderie, you know, figure skating is a solo sport. Um, dance, of course, is with your troupe, but I was younger when I started stopped dancing. Um, and obviously the relationship you have with your belayer is very strong because you're putting your life in their hands. Um, I always joke that I, you become really close friends with your climbing friends way sooner because you're like, hello, relative stranger. Let's put our life in each other's hands today. Um <laughs> Like I have a friend who I've climbed with for three plus years now and she's been to my house twice. Like most 
when you say, oh, my close friend, you assume they've been over 10 bazillion times, but like we always meet at the gym and then, you know, put our lives in each other's hands. And we also joke that like someone told me, they're like, you know, most people you'd be hesitant to let borrow your car, but your climbing friends, you're like, well, if I, if I trust you with my life every day, like, sure, I don't care, please borrow my car, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, that that, so that really, sense of vulner that sense of vulnerability, <laughs> how you rely on someone like that. Sure. So, like the bonds of climbing were really what drew me to it in the first place. Like my figure skating experience was just a more competitive environment and not as collaborative. And that's just not who I am as a person. Like I'm way more collaborative, way more. Um, just like relational in that way. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. And again, not knocking any sport because I think any athletics is right. great for young people. But it it's true there are there are some sports that your success one way or the other is determined by the judging of somebody else, as opposed to rock climbing or ski racing, where it's a it's a timed event and it's me against the course or it's you against the wall. Uh, or or a particular hold if you want to go micro with it and it's a specific hold perhaps you you can't get past I mean I think there was we saw that in uh, Alex Honnold's movie of there were certain sticking points that he would just rep over and over and over again until he finally got it and and when you get it it's amazing I mean I I'm not gonna, I won't go into details of stuff I've had but through skiing and backcountry stuff and being stuck in situations and going, Oh man, what am I going to do now? And then you battle out of it and it's, yeah, it's life-changing as you can, right. as you can attest to. So, um, so it's in the notes of the podcast, but the word that you chose was perspective. So can you talk a little bit about what perspective means to you like what why that word as opposed to another word what was what was the thinking behind that yeah I guess it's a couple different things in my life now that you kind of mention it outside of just the climbing too so like I said originally the perspective of I work out to look good and lose weight versus I work out to help my body do the things and adventures I want to go on um, it's a fundamental perspective shift of I do this for other humans versus I do this for me and my own personal joy um, so that is an intense perspective shift. And then another thing that I was struggling with is um, for a while, career-wise, a lot of the outdoor industry is in Colorado, Utah, um, out West. I live in the Midwest, which I love. I wouldn't, you know, I love the Midwest, don't get me wrong. Um, but I was like, before COVID, all the networking events that were in person, obviously I can't fly into Denver for a two-hour networking event. That's just not reasonable um as much as the pandemic was horrible and stunk for everybody and you know whatever some of the things that were networking in person moved online and have stayed there so i've been able to network with the outdoor industry even better um because of that um so my perspective of for a while my perspective was like oh i live, live in the midwest I can't work in the outdoor industry. There's just not enough industry in my physical location to being able to shift to, okay, I can do this. It's online. I can, you know, meet people over zoom, just like you and I have. Um, I've done, met countless people not in real life yet, which I'm excited to meet when I go to a couple of conferences this year. Um, and 
for that perspective of like, okay, yes, you can still make a career out of this. Like your location doesn't have to define that either. So I guess those are two separate things with the same word. Yeah. And both are important. Like you, uh, some of my best friends and mentors are people that I've actually never met face to face. So folks that say social media and the internet are bad are just using it in the wrong way, I think, because I yeah. have made some very, very dear friends and, again, mentors of mine that have helped me through tough times simply, and then I know them through a computer screen. It's like you're in the wrong corner of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Well, that, um, was there anything specific that triggered it? Like, there was, a, was there an aha moment or was it that you just matured and just all slowly started making a change or was there something specific i know and i will reference it to give you a second to think about that because that may catch you off guard uh i'm probably whether it's through hypnosis or meditation or something i'm going to try to figure out why at 20 years old i went to search out my dad who left when he was 10 and i still don't know i think i'm beginning to hone in but there was just one day all of a sudden literally like that. I just went, no, I'm going to find him. And I would love to think back for some reason. I think it actually was a song that I heard that caused me to think about it. I don't know what triggered it, but was there something specific that triggered uh, kind of your change, your perspective change on, on how you were living your life? I don't think it was a, like a moment like that. It was more like, okay, so I met people who climbed, right. And that's, I called it my gateway sport into the rest of the outdoor sports. Um, I met people who climbed. And then, of course, when you climb, to travel to climb, you go camping because it's cheaper to camp than it is to stay in a hotel. So then I started camping. And they're like, oh, and we go backpacking. So then I started backpacking and realizing that, okay, if I want to do all these great things, if I want to carry you know, 30 pounds on my back and hike 10 miles, I can't just pick my back up and do that. Like, it's not going to go well. I will hold the group back which they would be very patient, but, you know, I don't want to be that person. Um, so realizing like, I want to do these adventures and I need to get stronger to do them. And this is all for me, like my happiness, my joy. And that's what fundamentally switched, even the way I worked out. Um, a lot of times before I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do whatever burns the most calories. Now it's like, okay, how can I improve my finger grip strength? How can I, um, like, I don't do this very often, but I'll hike with weight in my pack at the local park. Like I'll make two laps around the mile loop pond. Um, things I would have never have done before if I was going for the aesthetics or the weight loss or, or whatever. And eventually those come with it, but now it's way more targeted to what brings me joy versus what's going to burn calories. Mm, that's Man, that, that, again, that's so important. It goes back to surrounding yourself with good people and surrounding yourself with, you know, the people that live the life perhaps that you want to live through, through climbing. And then, wow, that's fantastic. Has that, has that affected what you do in the church? Has that experience? Uh, yeah. In fact, I bring, so because I am the head youth minister, I can basically just plan whatever activities I want. Um, and. So I took the kids to the climbing gym. Um, we went hiking. Like, I just like, come, come do the things I love to. And it's really great. Cause then I get to like show the kids that I mentor 
the things that I love and then they, you know, love it too. Like they're begging me to take them back to the climbing gym. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's fantastic. And we, we kind of already got into kind of who you are now. So, uh, where's Lauren going? I mean, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like the world, I don't want to say has changed, but you know, the, it, the, the proverbial door has opened. It sounds like you could probably do just about anything you wanted. So what, where, where's Lauren headed now? And, you know, in the five year, 10 year plan, what, uh, what exciting things do you have on the agenda? Yeah, my next big thing. So I've been a skier my whole life. My parents started me skiing when I was like two years old. Um, so I don't remember walking without skiing. Um, I had no memories of pre, pre-skiing mobility. Um, and the thing with Michigan is there's not backcountry skiing, really. Um, there's one spot in like the very upper upper peninsula. Um, it's actually easier to get to Colorado than it is to get there because of the way the drive is. Um, <laughs> my next thing is to take my Avalanche 1 class, my Intro to Backcountry Skiing class, because I really want to ski bigger lines but I'm very much terrified of avalanches so I have to learn those things and be very careful and um I just one of the things too that I think climbing really empowered me to do was I wasn't I wouldn't have considered myself a technical knowledge person um I've always been a very book smart person um I got good grades in school but if you asked me to like put something together or engineer it I would have been like I don't understand um (laughs) now I it's also a self-confidence booster and like a self-resiliency, self-reliance thing to be like, okay, I tie myself into this rope. I set up this anchor system, which saves my life. Um, and that obviously that's an extreme version, right? Like I'm putting my life on the system that I put on or that I set up, but it just is like, okay, you are confident. You are knowledgeable. Cause we all have that imposter syndrome, right? Every, I say every once in a while, or maybe very often, um, be like, oh, if I can do this, if I can save my life on a regular life on a regular basis and set this all up, like I'm a knowledgeable, competent human, right? And it kind of helps quell that imposter syndrome that we all get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's exciting. I mean, we're gonna have to do another podcast in a few years from now to see where you're going. Cause the May, who we did the second podcast with, uh, I'm gonna end up doing another one with her because she just finished after the podcast, for whatever reason, she just gained a bunch of confidence. And I think it was just a, a series of, of things that happened in her life. But now she's gone back to really doing what she wanted. So she just finished an Xterra and she's doing a mountain bike race series. And she's now all of a sudden is just starting to go. So yeah, I, I love it. And I think what, what struck me with the reason I think I wanted, we wanted to do this podcast was I think the story that you're talking about with high school to college then into the workforce and then the changes you made. I think, I think so many people can relate to that. And I think there are so many young people that are stuck that they, they haven't made that. They haven't gained that perspective uh, to make that necessary change. And so having, having this story out there uh, I think is going to, it's going to empower some folks to regardless of age. And that's, I keep, I go back to young people, but I think, you know, I made a major change in my life at, at 49 years old, you know, so it's all, it is, it's truly all about perspective. I think that's perhaps, I just kind of hit on me that that's why maybe that was why this intrigue, that word intrigued me so much because it, wow. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Regardless of age. 
and that's one of the things I try to instill on my youth group kids too. It's like, you know, obviously in school, the big message is, oh, like do service work, volunteer work for your college resume, do this for your college resume, do that, which is the school's job, obviously. But I have to sit down and kind of remind them be like, what brings you joy? Like these things are important. Your college resume is important, but trust me in the long run, as someone who took the ACT four times, that one point higher on the ACT is not going to like make or break your life. It feels like it when you're in high school, but it's right. not. And your happiness, your mental health, that's important. And I think sometimes it's better, I think, now than it was when I was in high school a decade ago. Um, but I think sometimes that concept of like doing something for the joy of it even if you're really bad at it, it's okay. Like the, there's a, I think it's a TikTok video, correct? I don't know, someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, did you know, you don't have to be good at your hobby at all. And it's okay. <laughs> like you don't always have to be striving. You can do something just for the pure joy of it. Yeah, I have, I have seen that. I think it is, a, it is a TikTok and it's, it is, it's, it's so true that, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but if you if you go on YouTube or search um, hack schooling, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's many years ago. I feel like I've heard of it. Yeah, it's 10 or 12, probably maybe 10 years ago. I think it, the, the young man was 12 or something. He talked about hack schooling and how hackers are actually really good because hackers go in and break the system. And then we're forced to make the system better to move forward. And they kept talking about you know, what do you want to be in life? What do you want to be in life? And his answer just kept coming back to, I just want to be happy. And that's, that's, I think a part like you, like exactly what you said, I think society's beginning to shift a little bit to um, shifting away from, oh, I need to be this, a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, or whatever it may be, which are great. But ultimately it's, we gotta, we have to be happy. That's right. That's when we live our best life. And that's when, you know, the idea of the character mill is, is that when we affect the character of people, that's when true change can really begin to occur in this world. And one of those character traits is to be happy, you know, and it sounds like uh, when your perspective changed, that was one thing that you gained a lot more of maybe. Yeah, for sure. And uh, obtained a lot more gear in my basement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Going to need a bigger car. Uh, uh so, I, yeah. I always, no, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was joking with my dad the other day and I was like, oh yeah, he was talking about something he was going to spend money on. I'm like, yeah, I'd rather buy more climbing gear. And he's like, you always say that. Do you ever not need more climbing gear? I'm like, no, <laughs> you always need more climbing gear. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, I'll end with a, a piece of advice and there are, you know, there are, some podcasts or some things that I've read that said, you know, if you could go back and give your, you know, your, your 12 year old self some advice, what would it be? And I, I always say, I wouldn't tell my 12 year old self anything because what I've done through life has put me in the position that I'm in right now. And I don't want to change that. So right. uh, if you were to look forward, um, you know, and give your, give yourself advice five years in the future, or someone, what, what, uh, what, what one piece or two pieces or simple advice would you look back on in five years ago? 
man, I'm glad, I'm glad I, I'm glad I stuck to that or I'm glad I did that. Yeah. Um, I think what's going to be really relevant to me in the next five years or so is, um, at some point my husband and I will have kids and the balance, right. Of raising tiny humans versus like being who you are and going on adventures, um, can get out of whack, especially when they're, you know, really little, which is what you sign up for, obviously. But I think my advice is going to be to myself would be as much as you can and realistically as, as you can keep that balance and don't lose who you are because a lot of people lose themselves in parenthood. Not that obviously, obviously your kids are your whole world, but losing who you are as a person is not healthy for the entire family, right? Like you're like the parents, if the parents aren't happy with who they are, or what's going on with them, like it'll affect the kids. And I just feel like maintaining that balance, even if I don't end up having kids, like just, if my career takes off a little more, like the balance of adventure and fun and joy versus, you know, work. It's a, it's a constant battle to maintain that balance. I feel like in the world. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it funny how that's the same battle that you went with from high school to college and then college to work and then work to parenthood and that type of thing, that balance balance is, is that word that keeps coming back balance and perspective. I mean, those are two fantastic words. If, if you live your life with just those two things, you're probably doing pretty well. Yeah. We do our best. <laughs> yeah. So Lauren, uh, any parting thoughts, any parting words? No, um, I'm just really excited for this to get out to the world. I've kind of had this like thought in my head for a while. Um, I don't know if this is cool, but if anybody wants to check out any of my photo work, um, I'm on Instagram at, at Lauren Loria Creative and just laurenloria.com. Um, photo work is great. If you have questions about climbing or skiing and you want to get into it, like if you're brand new and you're like, oh goodness, I don't know how to do this. Like this seems scary. Like feel free to reach out to me. I love just talking to people about the sports that I love. So like, don't hesitate to just like send me a DM on Instagram or something and be like, how do I even start? <laughs> That's fantastic. And we will of course put all of your contact information uh, in the the, no, the podcast notes. So if people want to reach out again with questions or, or check out what you do and you've got a you're doing a blog, correct? Yeah, I have. Um, they, I've been actually just writing for some outdoor industry companies that, so there's a page on my site that has all the stuff that I've written so far. Yeah. Great. No, I think so many people are going to be able to relate to who you are and what you've done, what you've gone through and how you've come out the other side. It's, it's going to be fantastic. So uh, thank you for taking the time from for sure from Michigan. And uh, we will certainly stay in touch as we, you know, as we keep going. Um, yeah. And thanks again. Thank you. Many thanks to Lauren for taking time out of her day and having a good conversation with us and bringing that word perspective into the conversation, which I think is so important. I found over the few, next few days after the podcast, I used that word many times uh, in different situations and just tried to take a look and a little different perspective on things uh, that I encountered throughout. So super helpful and so important, like I said, in this day and age. 
I want to give a huge shout out again to Chad Hollister providing the music. So check out his music, chadmusic.com. The song is Life that you listen to. And you'll notice at the start and end of the podcast, we extend the song a little bit. And I hope that during that time, you can just, again, take a couple seconds, maybe a little pers- different perspective, and just think about kind of what you, th- what you thought about and what you heard and how that could apply to your life. So many thanks to Chad for providing us with that song. Like always, if you like the podcast, please subscribe to whatever on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you take time, uh, join us on social media on all the platforms under the Character Mill, and be sure to be looking out for The Mill, our new app, launching in January of 23. I think you're really going to like it. Until then, go live a life of adventure and get out the, get outside. And wade through the stream or maybe run through the river Even though you may get just a little bit wet A bum bum she a bum bum she goes